Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Ancient Warfare Answers. I'll be your host today, Murray Darm is my name. I'm the assistant editor of Ancient Warfare magazine and as you can see, I am flying solo. Uh, I'm going to answer one of our viewers' questions in just a moment. You too can ask us a question if you like, of course. Um, You just have to become a patron of the podcast on www.com patreon.com forward slash forward slash ancient warfare podcast uh, i say that you have to you don't you can ask us a question anyway um if you become a patron though it uh means you can get a copy of the magazine and you have a conduit of communication well that sounds fancy uh and there's three different levels of backer that you can become on patreon uh, this is, of course, one of our short versions. This is 10 minutes of me or Jasper ranting about some topic ancient warfare related, um, hopefully answering one of your questions. And then, of course, every month the full panel meets and we talk about uh, either an issue of the magazine or another issue of ancient warfare related topic where all six of us get to chat about it. But this question i'm going to ask uh, attempt to answer and for i've actually written some notes for this one so hopefully it goes to 10 minutes i'm looking at the timer uh and i don't go over time do the sources tell us anything about the spartan warrior armonestus who threw the rock that killed mardonius at the battle of Plataea? Uh, i am curious to know if he survived the battle and if he would have been honored for his efforts in the victory now uh there's several awesome uh rabbit holes to go down here um hopefully i can go down them quickly uh so amnestus or imnestus there's two different spellings in uh, herodotus and plutarch who are our two major sources for this spartan warrior uh he's credited with killing uh the persian general mardonius at Plataea with a rock now uh, the basic answer to the question, of course, is yes, he is remembered because both Herodotus and Plutarch tell us about him. And in a way that the fact that we're talking about him two and a half thousand years later, yes, he was. And yes, he is remembered. But we do know only a little bit more about uh, other honors for him. And that causes some issues. So firstly, his name, uh, taking the Imenestos, uh, version, not the Armenestos version. Armenestos seems to mean something like never forgotten. Uh, I means ever, and Menestos means betrothed or tied to. So always remembered, always you know married kind of thing, um, which may be uh, a sort of a folkloric element that you know a man named Never Forgotten did this never to be forgotten deed. Uh, of course. There's other versions of that. The name Ephialtes, the man who betrayed the Spartans at Thermopylae, his name means nightmare. So is it is it is that ironic, or is that kind of well, it sort of got evolved into that later. Um, at the same time, the commander at at the Battle of Marathon and the Battle of Plataea of the Plataean contingent is also named Menestus. Um, so that it is a real name, 
So not sure. Now, in the story in Herodotus, we get that uh, on the day, as the oracle foretold, uh, Mardonius was avenged by uh, Armonestus. Now, the vengeance, of course, is that, um, according to Herodotus, Mardonius decapitates the body of uh, Leonidas after the Battle of Thermopylae and sticks his head on a pike. Um, so, of course, by having his head crushed by a rock by Armnestus, that's full circle. Um, there's more full circles to come, though, which is even more fascinating. Um, and one of the reasons for that is that Herodotus records that this Armnestus is a Spartan of note who, long after the Persian business, led 300 men to a battle at a place called Steinaclerus, uh, and was there killed along with his 300. So full circle, you've got Leonidas with his 300 killed by the Persians and uh, decapitated by Mardonius. Uh, and then you have Imnestus who kills Mardonius with a rock and crushes his head in vengeance for what he did to Leonidas, who himself then leads 300 to a battle in the future and dies with all of them. We're a very lovely, complete picture which is a bit suspicious now plutarch's version is that mardonius is killed by a man named Armnestus who crushed his head with a stone so he's not thrown crushed uh as was foretold by another oracle now uh the interesting thing about that of course is that it immediately evokes homeric warfare where uh like ajax attacking hector in the iliad uh, Imnestus hefts a mighty rock such that no other man could lift without great difficulty. It's a bit, it's a bit Homeric. And of course, uh, it's something that we don't get emphasized in normal battle narratives after the Iliad. Um, we get people armed with spears and swords um, and javelins, not with rocks. Um, but the reality of, of warfare probably in all times is that you fight with whatever you've got. Of course, we have Psilloi, who are the light, very light-armed troops who would throw rocks and whatever came to hand at their enemies, but they tend not to be emphasized in uh, historical accounts. It tends to be heavy infantry. But if you've broken your spear and you've lost your sword and there's a rock nearby, you're going to pick it up and use it. That's, that's just one of the things that's probably always been the case in warfare, but it's not something that historical narratives tend to emphasize you know broken spears and broken swords or you know weapons that have run out of ammunition um tend not to be the thing you talk about they tend to be always working perfectly now uh we've got this oracle which is interesting in itself because uh the oracle is that a, a, there was a, a carrion who went to the oracle and the oracle spoke to him in his own language and the Greeks were all amazed that he spoke Carrion to this this man from Caria. He had a dream, and you know, uh, was basically told that um, he'd he'd have his head crushed if he didn't leave. And that's the oracle that this version of the events answers. Um, the interesting thing, of course, about Greek oracles speaking Carrion, and there's at least two separate examples of that, is of course that these are oracles that are answering Persian and foreign. Uh, inquiries all the time. So it shouldn't surprise us that there were people on site who could speak multiple languages to cater to those kinds of visitors. Now, uh, as I said, the um, Battle of Steinaclerus is, is the thing that uh, Herodotus ends his account with. And that also is interesting because 
Steiner Clarus seems to happen long after Herodotus's account finishes. So he tells us long in the future. And there's several instances of events that seem to be happening in the 460s, 440s, and 430s that Herodotus talks about, which is really useful for being able to date when Herodotus wrote. The Battle of Steiner Clarus, interestingly, probably happens in the 460s. We think it might relate to the earthquake in um, Laconia in 464, which led to the Halot Revolt, and it should be covered by Thucydides. Thucydides, however, makes no mention of this battle whatsoever. So the only evidence we have for the Battle of Steiner Clarus is in Herodotus. Uh, there are a couple of other sources that talk about the place Steiner Clarus, but not the battle. Now, uh, the other um, uh, Armonestus is the Plataean. Now, in a couple of cases, it looks like the two have been kind of el- elided or confused with one another. Um, the battle, uh, this um, Armonestus, the Plataean commander, uh, also has a dream which leads to the choosing of the site of the Battle of Plataea. And that in itself is interesting because, again, it's the sort of oracular dream related to both Armonestuses. Now, getting back to the question, (laughs) um, at the beginning, of course, we talked about if they were further honoured. Now, the interesting thing there, of course, is that there are uh, meticulous details in some cases of the people who are honoured at virtually every Greek battle. Uh, We tend to not know them. Uh, At the Battle of Salamis, for instance, Herodotus goes into great detail as to who was thought the best soldier. At Salamis, it's the Athenian named Lycomedes, the son of Iscarius, um, and he was the first Greek to take an enemy ship. So we're given that kind of detail. He's given the the prize for valour. Also at Salamis, uh, we get the story of Antidorus of Lemnos, who was the only Greek siding with the Persians, but he deserts to the Greeks in the battle, so he's given land as a reward for that service. Um, We're told of other um, individuals, for instance, especially at the Battle of Plataea. Herodotus tells us at the Battle of uh, Plataea um, that there were three warriors, especially, who were regarded as fighting particularly well. Um, so, in general, he tells us that the Spartans were regarded as the bravest. After them was the the Tegeans and the Athenians, but that the, the Spartans especially uh, excelled all in valour. Now, there are four named uh, Spartans. One is Aristodemus, who we'll get to in a second. Uh, the second is Posidonius, Philoicon, and Amomphratus. Amomphratus. Now, Aristodemus is interesting because, of course, he was one, according to some versions, the only survivor from Thermopylae. And so he decides that he's going to avenge himself at the Battle of Plataea. And for that reason, that he's not fighting bravely, he's fighting to avenge himself and he's uh, you know, deliberately endangering his own life, he's not given the award for bravery. And so uh, Posidonius, by contrast, had no wish to die and so proved himself courageous and the Spartans decided that he's therefore the better man, whereas Aristodemus has nothing to lose, throws himself out wishing to die. Um, And that's interesting in that regard. Um, Now, they, of course, are buried on the battlefield. We're later told that there's three Spartan uh, burial mounds on uh, on the battlefield of Plataea, 
one involving the young men uh, and amongst those is those named Spartans, uh, the other involving the other Spartans and the, and the third for the Halots, 35,000 of them at the Battle of Plataea. So uh, in a way, Amnestus is forgotten. Um, in another way, he's remembered in Herodotus and Plutarch and there seems to have been some kind of story, but his role in killing Mardonius is not regarded as the bravest act on that day by a Spartan warrior who are recognised as the bravest, and they name these four warriors who are considered for the prize, and three of them are buried in uh, this burial mound of the Spartan young men. Uh, There is another one named Callicrates, He's also buried on the field, but he dies at the very beginning of the battle. Um, He was expected to do great things, but he gets wounded by an arrow very early on. So he never actually gets to to kill a Persian, Um, but he is also honoured and buried on the battlefield. So yes and no, uh, which probably is a very dissatisfying answer after 10 minutes of chat. Um, There are aspects of Amnestus or Imanestus being remembered, and there are other aspects which say... He didn't do anything spectacularly brave, even if he killed the Persian commander. So we'll see you next time. 